Hey misfits, I want to tackle a difficult topic today, one that is not talked about enough or how frighteningly common it is. Domestic abuse. I know in episode 1 I said I wouldn't discuss the cause for my CPTSD, but I thought about it, and I felt like I was doing a disservice to other victims or survivors. How can I claim to be an advocate for domestic abuse if I don't talk about it for myself? So, my name is Kayla, and I am a domestic abuse survivor. I kind of feel like I'm having an, an AA meeting with myself. Anyway, a lot of people are in abusive relationships but don't know it. How, you might wonder. Because of years of gaslighting, one finds themselves wondering, is this really abuse or am I just over-exaggerating my emotions? So today I'm going to be raw and explain what the abuse is, the sickening statistics, and what the Why I Stay movement is. As the title of today's episode states, love shouldn't hurt. Real love hurts, but in a different form. It hurts in the form of mourning at their loss. It doesn't hurt with fear of being physically beaten or beaten with words. Domestic abuse, also called domestic violence or intimate partner violence, can be defined as a pattern of behavior in a relationship that is used to gain or maintain power and control over an intimate partner. Abuse is physical, sexual, emotional, economic, or psychological actions or threats of actions that influence another person. This includes any behavior that frightens, intimidates, terrorizes, manipulates, hurts, humiliates, blame, injures, or wounds someone. Domestic abuse can happen to anyone of any race, age, sexual orientation, religion, or gender. It can occur within a range of relationships including couples who are married, living together, or dating. Domestic violence affects people of all socioeconomic backgrounds and education levels. Victims of domestic abuse may also include a child or another relative or any other household member. Domestic abuse is typically manifested as a pattern of abusive behavior towards an intimate partner in a dating or family relationship, where the abuser exerts power and control over the victim. Incidences are rarely isolated and usually escalate in frequency and severity. Domestic abuse may culminate in serious physical injury or death, including suicide. Physical and sexual assaults or threats to commit them are the most apparent forms of domestic abuse and violence, and are usually the actions that allow others to become aware of the problem. However, regular use of other abusive behaviors by the abuser, when reinforced by one or more acts of physical violence, may make up a larger system of abuse. Although physical assaults may occur only once or occasionally, they instill the fear of future violent attacks and allow the abuser to take control over the victim's life and circumstances. The power and control wields a particularly helpful tool in understanding the overall pattern of abusive and violent behaviors, which are used by an abuser to establish and maintain control over his or her partner or any other victim in the household. Very often, one or more violent incidences may be accompanied by an array of these other types of abuse. These are less easily identified yet firmly establish a pattern of intimidation and control in the relationship. Emotional abuse includes undermining a person's sense of self-worth through constant criticism, belittling one's abilities, name-calling or other verbal abuse, damaging a person's relationship with their children, or not letting a partner see friends and family. You may be in an emotionally abusive relationship if your partner calls you names, insults you, or constantly criticizes you does not trust you and acts in jealous or possessive manners, tries to isolate you from you and your family, monitors where you go, whom you call, and who you spend your time with, and does not want you to go to work, 
controls finances or refuses to share money, punishes you by withholding affection, expects you to ask permission, threatens to hurt you, the children, your family, or your pets, or humiliates you in any way. Psychological abuse involves causing fear by intimidation, threatening physical harm to self, partner, or children, destruction of pets and property, mind games, or forcing isolation from friends, family, school, and or work. Financial or economic abuse involves making or attempting to make a person financially dependent by maintaining total control over financial resources, withholding access to money and or forbidding attendance to school or employment. Physical abuse involves hurting or trying to hurt a partner by hitting, kicking, burning, grabbing, pinching, shoving, slapping, hair pulling, biting, denying medical care or forcing alcohol and or drug use, or using other physical force. You may be in a physically abusive relationship if your partner damages property when angry, throwing objects, punching walls, kicking doors, etc. Pushes, slaps, bites, kicks, or chokes you. Abandons you in dangerous or unfamiliar places. Scares you by driving recklessly. Uses a weapon to threaten or hurt you. Forces you to leave your home. Traps you in your home or keeps you from walking away, also known as false imprisonment. Prevents you from calling the police or seeking medical attention. Hurts your children. Uses physical force in sexual situations. Sexual abuse involves forcing a partner to partake in a sexual act when the partner does not consent. You may be in a sexually abusive relationship if your partner accuses you of cheating or is often jealous of your outside relationships. Wants you to dress in a sexual way that you are not comfortable with. Insults you in sexual ways or calls you sexual names has ever forced or manipulated you into performing sexual acts, holds you down during sex, demands sex when you are sick, tired, or after beating you, or guilting you into having sex, hurts you with weapons or objects during sex, involves other people in sexual activities with you, ignores your feelings regarding sex, engages in sex while you are unable to deny consent, or continues to engage in sex after being asked verbally or non-verbally to stop i.e. rape. Despite contrary belief, even though you are married, you can still be raped by your spouse. And up until 1975, a husband could legally rape his wife. And sadly, 10 to 14 percent of women are raped by their spouse, and one third of women report having unwanted sex with their spouse, meaning they said no, but he convinced her into saying yes. He didn't respect her enough to accept it. His needs were more important than hers. I could not find a straightforward definition about abuse by proxy, just some examples. The clearest thing I could find is if a victim wishes to leave, the abuser will threaten to take their children away from them, putting the victim in a situation where he or she can't leave or he or she loses their child. So either leave the abusive relationship and risk losing the child or stay in the abusive relationship and keep your child. Unfortunately, those seem like the only two options. Even though, realistically, the abuser cannot just take the child and leave without the court's consent. This is considered child abduction. And this is also traumatizing for the child as well, which also makes it child abuse. I hope this makes some sense. I know all of you love to hear my statistics segments. Every year, more than 10 million men and women in the U.S. are subjected to domestic violence. Its impact can be felt far and wide. More than one-third of women and more than one-fourth of men in the U.S. reported having experienced rape, physical violence, and or stalking by an intimate partner in their lifetime. 
Nearly 20 people per minute are physically abused by their intimate partner in the United States. Nearly one in four women and one in seven men have experienced severe physical violence by an intimate partner during their lifetime. Intimate partner violence accounts for 15% of all violent crimes. In 15 states, more than 40% of all homicides of women in each state involved intimate partner violence. 85% of domestic violence victims are female and 15% are male. Women with disabilities have a 40% greater risk of intimate partner violence, especially severe violence than the women without disabilities. Two in five gay or bisexual men will experience intimate partner violence in their lifetime. Approximately 63% of homeless women have experienced domestic violence in their adult lives. 28% of families who are homeless are homeless because of domestic violence. Nearly half of all women and men in the U.S. will experience psychological aggression by an intimate partner in their lifetime. Approximately 5 million children are exposed to domestic violence every year. Children exposed are more likely to attempt suicide, abuse drugs and alcohol, run away from home, engage in teenage prostitution, and commit sexual assault crimes. Most cases of domestic violence are never reported to the police, and men who are victimized are substantially less likely than women to report the situation to the police. Domestic violence leads to high social and economic costs for women, their families, and societies. Such violence can have fatal outcomes like homicide or suicide. These forms of violence can lead to depression, post-traumatic stress, or other anxiety disorders, sleep difficulties, eating disorders, and suicide attempts. Women who have experienced intimate partner violence were also twice as likely to experience depression and problems in drinking. Health effects can also include headaches, pain syndromes, gastrointestinal disorders, limited mobility, and overall poor health. Children who grow up in families where there is violence may suffer from a range of behavioral and emotional disturbances. These can also be associated with perpetrating or experiencing violence later in life. The social and economic costs of intimate partner and sexual violence are enormous and have ripple effects throughout the society. Women may suffer isolation, inability to work, loss of wages, lack of participation in regular activities, and limited ability to care for themselves and their children. And sadly, there's plenty of myths surrounding domestic abuse, and I'm here to clear up some of those myths. If it was that bad, she'd leave. The reality is women stay in abusive relationships for many different reasons, and it can be very difficult for a woman to leave an abusive partner, even if she wants to. Like any other relationship, one that ends in abuse began with falling in love and being in love. Abuse really starts at the beginning of a relationship, but when it is established, it's often hard to leave. A woman may still be in love with her partner and believe him when he says that he is sorry and it won't happen again. She may be frightened for her life or for the safety of her children if she leaves. She may have nowhere to go. She may have no financial independence. Abusers often isolate their partners from friends and family in order to control them, making it even more difficult for an abused woman to exit the relationship. Women in abusive relationships need support and understanding, not judgment. Domestic abuse always involves physical violence, but the reality is, Domestic abuse does not always include physical violence. Women's Aid defines domestic abuse as an incident or pattern of incidences of controlling, coercive, threatening, degrading, and violent behavior, including sexual violence by a partner or ex-partner. 
These incidences can include coercive control, psychological and or emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, financial abuse, harassment, stalking, and or online or digital abuse. He can be a good father, even if he abuses his partner. The reality is an estimated of 90% of children whose mothers are abused witness the abuse. These effects are traumatic and long-lasting. When a child witnesses domestic abuse, this is child abuse. Between 40 and 70% of these children are also direct victims of the abuse which is happening at home. She provoked him. The reality is this myth is widespread and deep-rooted. It is often based on the belief that the man is the head of the family and that his role is to punish his partner or children if they act in a way that he doesn't approve of. The myth is dangerous because of any reference to provocation means that they are blaming the woman and relieving the abuser of responsibility for his actions. Abuse or violence of any kind is never the victim's fault. Responsibility relies on the perpetrator and with him alone. All couples argue. It's not domestic abuse. It's just a normal relationship. The reality is abuse and disagreement are not the same things. Different opinions are normal and completely acceptable in healthy relationships. Abuse is not a disagreement. It is the use of physical, sexual, emotional, or psychological violence or threats in order to govern and control another person's thinking, opinions, emotions, and behaviors. When abuse is involved, there is no discussion between equals. There is always the fear of saying or doing the wrong thing. Domestic abuse is a crime of passion, a momentary loss of control. The reality is domestic abuse is rarely about losing control, but taking control. Abusive men rarely act spontaneously when angry. They consciously choose when to abuse their partner, when they are alone and when there are no witnesses. If there is a witness, they are usually a child. He has control over whom he abuses. One of the biggest misunderstandings about domestic abuse is why a victim would remain victimized. Why don't they leave? Can't they just leave their partner? What's holding them back? This line of questioning leads to further misconceptions. They must be weak. They must like the abuse or want it. They're stupid for staying. And so on. The subtext can become, they're not really being abused. Which not only fails to support the victim, but also dismisses the abuse. Hashtag why I stayed became a trending hashtag in November 2014 in defense of domestic abuse victims after a media release of security camera footage that appeared to show former Baltimore Ravens running back Ray Rice punching his then-fiance, Janae Rice, sparked public conversation on why Janae and other victims of abuse choose to stay in abusive relationships. The hashtag was started by writer and domestic abuse survivor Beverly Gooden via Twitter in an effort to change the tone of the conversation. It began to trend nationally five hours after its creation. It was used more than 100,000 times in less than two days. Hashtag why I left, hashtag and so I stayed, and hashtag and so I left were added later to the Twitter conversation in 2018. Victims stay in the relationships for many reasons. Reasons that don't make any sense to those who are on the outside of the situation. Here's a few different responses from some victims. They had distorted thoughts. Being controlled and hurt is traumatizing, and this leads to confusion, doubts, and even self-blame. Perpetrators harass and accuse victims, which wears them down and causes despair and guilt. For example, women shared, I believe I deserved it, and I was ashamed, embarrassed, and blamed myself for what I thought had, I had triggered him. Others minimized the abuse as a way to cope with it, saying, I stayed because I didn't think that emotional and financial abuse were really abuse, because words don't leave bruises. 
Related was the damage to self that is a result of degrading treatment. Many women felt beaten down and have no value, saying, He made me feel that I was worthless and alone. I felt I had done something wrong and that I deserved it. The threat of bodily and emotional harm is powerful, and abusers use this control and keep women trapped. Female victims of violence are much more likely than male victims to be terrorized and traumatized. One said, I was afraid of him. I knew he'd make leaving an ugly, drawn-out nightmare. Attempting to leave an abuser is dangerous. One woman felt trapped because of her husband's threats of hunting me down and harming all of my loved ones, including our children, while I watched them, and then killing me. These women also put their children first, sacrificing their own safety. Others mentioned staying to benefit the children. I wanted my son to have a father. Or, he said if I left, he would take our child away. He'd intentionally move to another state so I'd have to travel to see him. They would threaten self-harm. He would threaten to commit suicide if I left. I didn't want to stay, but I didn't want his blood on my hands. And despite everything, the victim's families were encouraging the relationship. Even after everything he had done, they still really liked him, and they told me to just give him time. And they were too damaged for anyone to love. No one would love me because I was supposedly a terrible person. I was too difficult to be around, and I carried too much baggage. There's a sense that the abuser is all-knowing. She couldn't leave because, as irrational as it sounded, he knew exactly where she was and what she was doing at all times. One victim stated that she didn't want anyone else being hurt by him. If she left, she would be putting someone else in the same situation that she was in. And lack of support systems. One stated my family adored him. They knew to an extent of what was going on, they would still tell me things like I was being overly sensitive or dramatic. If you were wondering where the mental health illnesses was going to finally come into play with domestic abuse, it shows up in a condition called battered woman syndrome. Serious long-term domestic abuse can result in a mental disorder called battered woman syndrome. Battered woman syndrome, which is also sometimes called battered wife syndrome, is considered a subcategory of post-traumatic stress and complex post-traumatic stress disorders. With battered woman syndrome, a woman may develop a learned helplessness that causes her to believe she deserves the abuse and that she can't get away from it. In many cases, it's why women don't report their abuse to police or avoid telling family and friends what's really going on. Battered woman syndrome is serious, which is why it's taken into account in homicidal cases when women murder their abusive husbands. Women who develop the syndrome typically go through four stages. 1. Denial woman is unable to accept that she's being abused or that she justifies it as just being that once. 2. Guilt. She believes that she is the cause of the abuse. 3. Enlightenment. In this phase, she realizes that she doesn't deserve the abuse and acknowledges that her partner is being abusive. And 4. Responsibility. She accepts that only the abuser holds responsibility. In many cases, this is when she'll try to escape the relationship. Some women in abusive behaviors never make it past the first two or three stages, as domestic violence can be fatal. Battered women's syndrome results in several distinct symptoms. A woman in an abusive relationship may think that the abuse is her fault, hides the abuse from her friends and family, fear for her life or the lives of her children, irrationally believe that the abuser is all-knowing and can see her every movement. She'll be afraid and never know what side of her partner she'll see that day, a loving partner or an abuser. If you're concerned about a family member or friend, watch for several important symptoms that could signal she's in an abusive relationship and needs help. These include withdrawing and making excuses not to see friends or family or do activities that they once did. 
seeming anxious around their partner or being afraid of their partner, having frequent bruises or injuries that they lie about or can't explain, having limited access to money, credit cards, or a car, showing an extreme difference in personality, getting frequent calls from a significant other, especially calls that require them to check in or that make them seem anxious, having a partner who has a temper or is easily jealous or very possessive. Pay attention to these signs. You should also watch for clothing that could hide bruises, like long t-shirts in summertime. Short-term side effects that may be seen immediately include depression, lower self-esteem, damaged relationships with friends and family, severe anxiety, feeling worthless or hopeless, feelings like they have no control. Research has shown that battered woman syndrome and domestic abuse can have long-term health consequences that can last for decades. Long-term effects can include PTSD-like symptoms, including flashbacks, dissociative states, violent outbursts against the abuser, health issues caused by stress, high blood pressure, and associated cardiac problems, health issues from the physical abuse such as damaged joints or arthritis, chronic back pain or headaches, increased risk of developing diabetes, asthma, depression, and immune dysfunction due to long-term stress. The first step in treating battered woman syndrome is to get the woman to a safe place away from her abuser. She isn't safe until she does this. Form a safety plan and a getaway plan without the abuser. It's also good to have a doctor examine any injuries that may have been sustained in the abuse. A therapist with experience in PTSD or domestic abuse should be consulted. The therapist needs to validate the victim when the victim is detailing the abuse. They should help her to see that this is not her fault and facilitate empowerment. The therapist should also evaluate other mental health conditions and factors that may have contributed to the woman not recognizing the abusive behavior in early stages. In some cases, they may recommend interpersonal therapy, where they help the woman establish stronger relationships with her support system. These supportive relationships may have been damaged due to isolation caused by the abuse. On September 8, 2015, victims of domestic violence were offered a sliver of hope when the Black Dot campaign told them that they could silently ask for help by drawing a black dot on the palm of their hands. This is an idea, thinking outside of the box, trying to open up the world's eyes and ears to what was going on in the terms of abuse. This idea came from a former domestic violence victim. The black dot campaign is to enable victims who cannot ask for help verbally to ask for help with a simple black dot and people could recognize this and help. This is a campaign to help the most vulnerable victims of domestic violence. They simply draw a black dot on their hand, and agencies, family, friends, community centers, doctors, and hospitals can recognize this person needs help, but cannot ask for it. While the black dot campaign presented the idea as a legitimate method of asking for help, the strategy is not currently recognized by the aforementioned hospitals, community centers, or doctors. Professional bodies have not been advised or trained in the black dot, what it symbolizes and what it means. The Black Dot Campaign is merely one person's idea for helping victims of domestic violence. It is not an officially sanctioned program. It is not taught to police officers, doctors, counselors, or anyone else who may be able to help someone in an abusive relationship. While victims of domestic violence can certainly draw a black dot on their palm, they should not rely on the symbol and bringing anyone to their aid. It should also be noted that this secret way of calling for help is no longer a secret. Any abuser with internet access may now be aware of the black dot campaign, negating the primary purpose of the black dot method. Now is the time to reflect on your own relationships. Listen to the following questions and think about how you are being treated and how you treat your partner. Does your partner embarrass or make fun of you in front of your friends or family? Do they put down your accomplishments? 
Do they make you feel like you were unable to make decisions? Do they use intimidation or threats to gain compliance? Do they tell you that you were nothing without them? Do they treat you roughly, grab, push, pinch, shove, or hit you? Do they call you several times a night or show up to make sure you are where you said you would be? Do they use drugs or alcohol as an excuse for saying hurtful things or abusing you? Do they blame you for how they feel or act? Do they pressure you sexually for things you aren't ready for? Do they make you feel like there is no way out of the relationship? Do they prevent you from doing things that you want, like spending time with your friends or family? Do they guilt you out of hobbies that you enjoy? Do they try to keep you from leaving during a fight or leave you somewhere after a fight to teach you a lesson? Or do you sometimes feel scared of how your partner may behave? Constantly make excuses to other people for your partner's behavior? Believe that you can help your partner change if you can only change something about yourself? Do you try not to do anything that could cause a conflict or make your partner angry? Do you always do what your partner wants you to do instead of doing what you want? Do you stay with your partner because you are afraid of what your partner would do if you broke up? If any of these things are happening in your relationship, talk to someone. Without help, the abuse will continue. Making the first call to seek help is a courageous step. And always remember, no one deserves to be abused. The abuse is not your fault, and you are not alone. If you suspect that someone is in an abusive relationship, it's important for you to withhold judgment. Even though the abuser is in the wrong, many people like to ask, why would she stay? Why would she let this happen? Many women in these circumstances feel shame or are too afraid to admit that what's been happening. Make it easier for them to do so and let them know that you're always there if they need anything. If possible, help them gain access to resources that they don't have. Help them develop a safety plan to get away from their abusers. If you can, give them access to transportation and information about shelters. You should never force someone with battered woman syndrome to do something. They're already being controlled by one person. If you force them to leave when they're not ready, there's a good chance they'll go back to the abuser, putting them in even more danger. And for the abusers. If you recognize that you are mistreating your partner, there may be resources in your community to help you assist with ending the abuse. The National Domestic Violence Hotline has a number of resources that can assist. While this is a U.S. hotline, the advice and information may be useful no matter where you live. Understand that domestic abuse is not only against the United Nations Code of Contact, but you may be subject to criminal prosecution under the law. And to be quite honest, Putting your hands on your spouse or your partner or abusing them in any way and doing any of the actions stated above makes you a disgusting pile of writhing filth in human form. I hope this episode was informative and helps to inspire others to share their stories. I want to say a big thank you to all of my listeners and to stay tuned for the next episode. In the meantime, you can follow me on Instagram at TwistedMindPodcast or email me at TwistedMindPodcast at gmail.com. Bye-bye.